the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023. I am Seth Liebson. Our phone number is 602-508-0960. That's your barrier to entry. We've got Bill bulletproofed behind me to my right. We've got David Dahl, my producer, in the producer's chair right in front of me. Looking a little better now that you took my advice and ate some protein. You were looking a little... A little, sa- a little sallow, a little pallid earlier. Uh-huh. David gave blood earlier. and uh, I tend to do. Yeah, well, that's nice of you. It's a good, it's a good deed, but you Love have to them. eat protein after you do that. You can't just, you can't just not eat. You could, you could, anyway, that's our health segment for the day. And you do look better. And don't you feel better? Come on, be honest. You got I, some I chicken do. tacos based on my, my implorations of you, and you feel better. Thank you, Dr. Liebson. No, but you do, don't you? I do. Yeah, and the color has returned to your face. Have a lot of heavy lifting to do around here. A lot of rudimentary education taking place here. Whoopi Goldberg makes $8 million a year in salary for hosting the ABC television show The View. Sonny Hostin makes $1.6 million a year for working on The View. Anyone in this audience make that kind of money in salary? Derek Johnson, the president of the NAACP, makes $300,000 per year in salary. How many of you make that? Meanwhile, the chairman of the NAACP, Leon Russell, lives in Tampa, Florida. The chairman of the NAACP lives in Tampa. Why do I bring this up? Two reasons. A, I find it interesting, as I was mentioning yesterday, that the NAACP puts out a travel advisor to African-Americans that Florida is unsafe for them while their chairman lives there. And as I pointed out yesterday, Florida actually has more African-American residents than New York State, for goodness sakes, and more African-American members in its congressional delegation than Pennsylvania or Virginia or California, a state with a 70 percent higher population than Florida. But also because of B., the candidacy of Tim Scott for the presidency under the Republican Party banner caused an awful lot of equal levels of hypocrisy and sophistry from the ladies on The View. In fact, any time an African-American conservative dares to speak out as a conservative, the sophistry of the, Afri- of the African-American left becomes inebriable. Yesterday on The View, Whoopi Goldberg said, Tim Scott has Clarence Thomas syndrome. Thomas, as many of you know, has long been attacked by the left for not towing what they believe is the proper jurisprudential line based on his skin color. So, too, have they said these kinds of things about the likes of Alan Keyes or Ben Carson or Shelby Steele or Larry Elder or Thomas Sowell and a great many others. Janice Rogers Brown and Daniel Cameron, who may become the next governor of Kentucky. Winsome Sears, lieutenant governor of Virginia. Candace Owens, Condoleezza Rice. Byron Donalds, and a lot of others. Again, because to the left, in some odd atavistic resurrection of Nuremberg, skin color is supposed to determine thought. 
Now, this tear went on for a while on The View yesterday. Goldberg's co-host, Sonny Hostin, further claimed one of Tim Scott's issues is that he believes because he made it, coming from an impoverished black family in the South, quote, everyone can make it, close quote. And herein lies the sophistry and hypocrisy, which should really be considered a self-refuting argument. Almost everyone who makes these statements about the myth of minority achievement in America or the ability for minorities to achieve in America is themselves a highly achieving minority in America. In other words, how did Whoopi Goldberg and Sonny Hostin at nearly $10 million in combined salary on one of the leading networks in media slip through? Because this is America, and you can do that. And the myth of the unavailability of success for, many, for minorities here is just that, a myth. Oh, I must report that other, that other prize over there, Joy Behar, salaried at $7 million a year for what it's worth. She said exactly this yesterday. Clarence Thomas does not understand systemic racism in this. Quote, Clarence Thomas does not understand systemic racism in this country. Close quote. For the record, Joy Bahar, who said that, is white and Thomas is black. Only in America leftist dream palaces does a white get to lecture a black person on the latter's inferior understanding of racism. But if, and only if, the white is a leftist, that is license and inoculation. No other Caucasian would get it. Let's call it white leftist privilege. Maybe there is a white privilege in this country, but it's only white leftist privilege. This is almost as awful a defamation of our society and a profane thing to teach young minorities as the notion that Florida is unsafe for African-Americans, as America is or is systemically racist. There is little more damage done than such slanders. And we've heard them for a long time. LeBron James, who tweeted that like all blacks, quote, we're literally hunted every day, every time we step foot outside the comfort of our homes, close quote. We're literally hunted, literally hunted. Or Oprah Winfrey saying present day America is little different than, quote, the days of Jim Crow when black men would be lynched and dragged through the town as an example for other people to see, close quote. Oprah Winfrey said that. Or Colin Kaepernick saying there are black bodies in the street because America press- oppresses black people. The ongoing message this sends to our youth, black or and white, is disgraceful, and it is disgraceful because it is damaging, and it is damaging because it drives apathy to such things as work and education at best, which are the leading indicators of success, by the way, and violence or criminality at worst, which is a repeating cycle seized on by the very people who denounce the country for causing it. The truth is, Tim Scott is right. Just as Condi Rice is right, just as the bank accounts of Whoopi Goldberg and Sonny Hostin and their chauffeur drives to and from work testify. Here's the actual data, as given to us by Rav Aurora. According to medium, excuse me, according to median household income statistics from the U.S. Census Bureau, several minority groups substantially out-earn whites here. These groups include Pakistani Americans, Lebanese Americans, South African Americans, Filipino Americans, Sri Lankan Americans, and Iranian Americans, in addition to several others. Indians are the highest-earning ethnic group the census keeps track of, with almost double the household median income of whites. Interestingly, 
Several black immigrant groups, such as Nigerians and Barbadians and Ghanaians and Trinidadians and Tobagonians, have a median household income well above the American average. Ghanaian Americans, to take one example, earn more than several specific white groups, such as Dutch Americans, French Americans and Polish Americans and British Americans and Russian Americans. Do Ghanaians have some kind of sub-Saharan African privilege? Nigerian Americans, meanwhile, are one of the most educated groups in America, as one Rice University survey indicates. Though they make up less than 1% of the black population in America, nearly 25% of the black student body at Harvard Business School consisted of Nigerians. In post-baccalaureate education, 61% of Nigerian Americans over the age of 25 hold a graduate degree, compared to only 32% of the U.S.-born population. These facts challenge the prevailing progressive notion that America's institutions are built to universally favor whites and oppress minorities or blacks, much less hunt them down whenever they leave their house. On the whole, whatever systemic racism exists appears to be incredibly ineffectual or even non-existent, given the multitude of groups who consistently eclipse whites. This would help explain the immense immigration to America from Africa, from Africans, who do everything they can to become African Americans. According to the Pew Research Center, two million Africans have immigrated to America in the last two decades which matches about the previous two decades before that when another two million Africans immigrated here, fleeing all black countries to come to America, a theoretically systematically racist country, as Whoopi Goldberg would have them believe. Meanwhile, speaking of voting with feet, black migration from states like California and New York is on the rise, and one of the top states such African Americans are migrating to is, wait for it, Florida. A few years back, Dennis Prager wrote, America is the least racist, multi-ethnic, multiracial country in world history, and any black person who seeks to improve his life and that of his family has a better chance of doing so in America than anywhere else in the world. In fact, within one generation of emigrating to America, Africans from sub-Saharan African countries attain higher levels of education attainment than the U.S. population as a whole— and are more likely to have earned a degree in science, technology, engineering, and math. That's why it is not Africans who are foolish for wanting to come to America. It is America's left for thinking they are fools. And it is not African Americans who are foolish for being conservative or joining the Republican Party. It is foolish for elite and wealthy left-wing African Americans for saying it is. African Americans thrive in conservative policy or conservative policy obtains, be it in education or school choice or economics with freer markets and less tax burdens and law enforcement. Yesterday, Tim Scott in his announcement for the presidency said this, quote, my grandfather said, son, you can be bitter or you can be better, but you can't be both. He chose patriotism over pity. He focused on the windshield of life, not the rear view mirror. And today I'm living proof that America is the land of opportunity, not a land of oppression. And this isn't just my story, it's all of our stories. He went on, the circumstances may be different, the details may change, but every one of us is here because of an American journey where there were obstacles that became opportunities. But under President Biden, our nation is retreating away from patriotism and faith. Close quote. This is all too, all true. 
too true. And truths that, if accepted, would catalyze the end of employment for people like Whoopi Goldberg and Sonny Hostin, who owe their jobs and cachet to the lies they tell about America. And if they were ended, it wouldn't be if their jobs were ended. It wouldn't be because of racism. It would be because they are liars who spread disinformation and misinformation for political purposes. The real truth is, and we all know this, they are so very average and often below average. It is racism, which is to say a taking account of race, that has coddled, inoculated, and wealthened, and elevated them for so long. So if anything, that's a sign of America and Americans being overly generous and tolerant. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Tim is in Peoria. Hello, Tim. Seth Liebson, how are you, sir? Uh, it's really nice to hear your voice. I love hearing from you. I'm fine. Hope you are as well. I am. And uh, I am I'm, I'm really amped up, to be honest with you, uh, with Tim Scott coming in. And here's why. I, I Number one, I, I like the guy. He hasn't always said the right things. You know, he's kind of teetered back and forth, kind of contradicted himself over the past, you know, a couple of years. But uh, I don't think he has a chance to uh, beat out Trump. I think that Trump is, you know, is the guy, if you will. Too many people want him to be reelected, not because they think that he was cheated. I don't want to get into all of that. But I just look at life under Trump for those four years. Nobody can say that life wasn't better three years ago than you know they are now right nobody so yeah not not a person not i well not a rational person um what i would really like to see and this is why i'm calling what do you think about a trump scott ticket i think that's a that good ticket no i think it's a real nope. strong ticket oh, I, you said something you said something interesting tim in your opening thoughts uh, about Tim Scott. You said he hasn't always said the right things or you don't always agree with him, but it's impossible not to like him. That's that's eminently true. It's impossible not to like this guy who, you know, has, is, is, you know, as conservative as, as you're going to find in the United States Senate, short of, you know, maybe three out of the four other members. He won the ACU's uh, Man of the Year Award. I, 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 I think I think that anyone using... Uh, looking for a uh, a vice president in the Republican Party would be looking to Tim Scott. I I, I think that he brings a lot to the ticket, um, including you know uh, a polish to whoever the lead leading person on the ticket will be. I mean, when you said he's impossible not to like, it's really difficult to say that about almost everyone else in the race, isn't it? Larry Elder's, Larry that, Elder's yeah. hard not to like. I, I don't think you can. Anyone can't like. Can't not like. <laughs> You're the English Very teacher, true. Tim. Can I say oh. can't not like Larry Elder? <laughs> oh no! Hey, no, no. Come on, Seth. I was a, I was history and government. You know, we. Don't, yeah, but you have to reading. You have to know yeah. English to no, teach know, history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. But you, had, you had to take an English well. exam, didn't you? You know, right. my, you take my point, though. I don't think you can oh, no, say I, that I about Ron DeSantis. I don't think you can say it, obviously, Donald Trump. Uh, there's a lot of people who dislike him. Uh, you can't say it about really any of the other candidates that they aren't um, 
it's impossible not to like them. You can say that about right. Tim and, Scott eminently. That's that's a nice yeah, absolutely. attribute. And I thought, and I thought that, you know, with Trump, you know, I didn't always like him, but again, life under Trump was just that much better than it has been in a long Find time. Find me one indicia of anything that has improved under Joe Biden. One. Not, one. Yeah, not a one. He he has laid ruin. He is a scorched earth kind of person because that's what he's done to the economy. That's what he's done to society, to morale, all, all foreign affairs, services, defense. Foreign yeah, affairs. you name it. You, there's not one Everything. area of life that has gotten better. Not one. Yeah, and under with with the Trump Scott ticket, the way I look at it, you know, Trump's going to come out and talk about years. You know, do you want to go back to when things were good? Right. The answer can be yes. Scott comes in with the African-American vote, and I think that he wins it. And that's and the, and the simple reason is this. He has a great, a great campaign slogan. And I think that we can add two more. He went from cotton to Congress. Yeah. He could go from cotton to VP. Yeah. And ultimately, he can go from cotton to president. Because yeah. if, he comes, if he becomes yeah. the VP, life will be so good under a Trump-Scott administration, he will have no choice but to win when he runs for president. And... Rick, Mike Pence couldn't have said that, right. and I know that everybody likes her, but Carrie Lake surely cannot say that. Well, I, you know, I, I think it's hard to not have, especially if, for the sake of this call, arguing that Donald Trump will be the nominee, which isn't a foregone conclusion, but it is the argument we're making right now. Sure. Uh, assuming he's the nominee, you know, he, his age is a factor. If if, if Biden's age it is a factor, be. his age is a factor. It has to be. You can't have a vice president or a vice presidential nominee who doesn't have some governing experience. You just cannot do that. You you cannot because you have to think about Trump dropping off the rails. Yeah. You have yeah. to consider it. Yeah. And if that happens, you have to have someone who can come in yeah. and take the seat, not just because they have governing experience. But Tim Scott does have a record. He of certainly does well in the Senate and a businessman. And, and he is a businessman in his own right. A small business, a small businessman in his own right. I remember the first time I ever interviewed him, Tim. He was running for Congress, uh, twenty ten, maybe something like that. And I remember his line was, "I hadn't heard it. Maybe you have, and maybe it's everywhere now." And I, I I'm exposing my my own ignorance but uh, his line was um he learned the importance of signing the front of a paycheck as much as the back of a paycheck i liked that right it's it's like i said it's a it's it sounds great yeah now does he win the does he win the african-american vote i think that once they close the curtain on the voting booth and i know the curtains no longer exist at least they don't here in arizona that i know of um i think they vote because of what life was like under Trump. And yeah, I think they vote I think because so of the too. fact they want to see somebody back in that office. Yeah, a reverse Bra- I think you're Obama. right. I would call it a reverse Bradley effect, probably. I would. <laughs> and there you yeah, have it. Yeah, no, that's right. All right, no, I, I won't do double negatives on you anymore, Tim. Sorry about that. <laughs> I use them all the time, so feel free to throw them my way. We it won't not totally use them. You, you don't not use them? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't not use them whenever I'm not supposed to use them, if you know what I mean. Okay, Tim, bless you, sir. Have a great day. day. Love to hear from you always. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. John Dombrowski, he is the founder and president of Grand Canyon Planning Associates, grandcanyonplanning.com. His website, great website, great way to reach out to him. He's also the host of his own radio show, heard right here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth. 
That was uh, the theme song, John, to the um, to the Fall Guy with Lee Majors, and Lee Majors yep. singing that mm-hmm. song. Yeah, it was him. Yep, and when he says he's been seen with, Tara. I know, <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny, right? It is kind of funny, A little self referential. Yeah, but I don't f- think he was with her at the time. Uh, um, probably. Yeah, not. I think uh, that yeah. that had split. Remember uh, what a big deal that couple was? Yeah, I mean they were the power couple at the time. Everyone wanted to be them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he was the what was it? The bionic? What, he was the six, $6 million, million dollar right. man, million. which today With would inflation? be the sixty million dollar man, I guess. Right? <laughs> or, or six trillion? Yeah. I don't know. We can we can rebuild them. We have the technology. Right. Yes. We, wow. You'd sometimes wonder. Like, this kind of a departure here to the topic of inflation you Mm -hmm. sometimes wonder if we don't have the wisdom or technology to know what causes inflation there's an interesting piece in the wall street journal today that ben bernanke a name that's very well known although we haven't said it in a while former head Mm -hmm. of the fed yeah uh did a study with a colleague of his on why inflation erupted and of course i I mean it shouldn't have been rocket science to me Uh, it wasn't but you tell me if you learned anything from this I, i guess it's good to restate the obvious but obviously the supply chain problems uh and uh during during the covid shutdowns with demand yeah yeah, yeah. with the demand but also the um they're they're putting a lot of the blame on that 1.9 trillion american Spe- yeah. rescue plan I'm spending yeah, yeah. <laughs> i yeah. go go think, think go, of, yeah. go figure wow yeah no i mean that that certainly uh, came into play without question we, we can't and it's been I don't know if it's been discussed so many times, Seth, that we can't just keep spending right. like this without, uh, you know, the the consequences that we're going to have to face here. And we're starting to see that, yes, this spending absolutely had something to do with with the inflationary challenges that we're faced with today. And, yes, there's no question that uh, the shutdown was another issue. Of course, um, people who weren't able to go to work to manufacture things, yet the demand was still there. All of that backlog of inventory and things such uh, all ran out, and Mm -hmm. now we couldn't produce, and now we're having people, you know, uh, trouble getting people to come back to work. And it it is just this vicious cycle that we were hit with um, all at once. And the spending just exaggerated it and made it worse. So they talk about, I guess, this term of art these people talk about, these economist types talk about, are uh, that we need a cooling off period. So, for instance, this article says to bring inflation back to the Fed's target, Bernanke and his colleague, a guy named Blanchard, Bernanke and his colleague uh, estimated unemployment would have to rise about a about a full point from three point four to four point three percent. Yeah, that that's the, that's the interesting tug of war here is they for inflation to go down, you need unemployment to go up. And we've been seeing this. And, and, and what would be the correlation there would be, of course, if people uh, don't have a job, yeah. they're probably not going to spend as yeah, much. And right. that's going to probably that's you why. Know, yeah. bring demand right, down. Right. Uh, and we have been seeing. Uh, the effects uh, of this uh, with uh, companies laying off individuals now uh, in large masses. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to see this this unemployment uh, tick up. But the challenge is, is, is we're still under uh, staffed. A lot of these companies are still understaffed. They're letting people go in certain areas of yeah. their of their company, but yet they're hiring people in other areas yeah. of their company. So it's it's kind of this um illusion that we're seeing when we hear about the layoffs yep. and yet we still have this low unemployment rate yep. or this low, I'm sorry. Yeah. Low unemployment yeah. rate. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, Seth, really, if, if we're going to get where the fed wants to be, um, 
as quickly as maybe many believe, but this economy is still strong, and that's the challenge. We're still seeing the economy strong. We're still seeing corporations report on their earnings and give us their forward guidance, and they're not cutting back on that forward guidance, which is um, a little bit unusual for what many believe we're heading into a recession, and yet these companies are telling us they're not heading into a recession. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's that's exactly right. But um, it it the retail the retail industry is the interesting thing mm-hmm. to watch and yeah. what they're doing, isn't it? Especially clamping down on returns, and so it looks yeah. like they're squeezing every uh, yeah. every penny they can. Really, the consumer yeah. discretion area right now yeah. certainly is feeling a little bit of the pressure. Um, but you know, we're still. Uh, I, I I don't know if we're really going to have any type of a recession at this point. Okay. And if we do, it's going to most likely be mild. Okay. And I don't think it's because of the policies of the current administration. It's just... It's just this economy in general. the way you guys manipulate things that you never tell us how you do what you do behind the curtain over there. Well, if someone would like to talk to me, certainly can go to our website, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Creative One Securities LLC. Member of FINRA and CIPIC and Investment Advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thank you, Seth. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. You know what's fun? What's that? Going like if you have Amazon Prime or Netflix or whatever and going and watching old episodes of The Fall Guy, shows like that from the 80s. It's kind of fun. It is fun. Yeah. I agree. Guilty pleasure. (laughs) All right, brother. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. I could listen to this song all day. Dolly Parton graced it. (coughs) Excuse me. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. 602-508-0960. Well, I guess it was a long time in coming, but I think it was also fair to say it was very much expected, but Ron DeSantis has announced that he will announce, it's an announcement for an announcement, his uh, entry, official entry into the uh, presidential uh, campaign tomorrow, Republican presidential primary campaign tomorrow. He's doing it in a really interesting way. He's uh, what he's going to be on what they call a virtual stage on Twitter, on the Twitter platform uh, with um, Elon Musk in one of those uh, Twitter conversations. Um, and um, and it, I, I don't know. It's it's just an odd thing. Musk is not endorsing DeSantis, um, but there is there's a lot of oddities about this to me. I, I suppose if Twitter is going to be putting out the uh, the uh, Tucker Carlson show, which have we heard much more about that, we haven't heard much more about it. Probably will soon. If uh, if if Twitter is going to do that, all right. So maybe they're the vehicle and the venue. For a presidential announcement, but you know, it's it, there's an interesting other angle to this as well, which is that Donald Trump is not on Twitter; he's on his own social media platform, which keeps him from being on Twitter, as I understand his terms of um, his terms of service on his platform, uh, Truth Social, right? And and. It's it's a, it's it's just an odd place to be where you can't be on the biggest platform. And I understand why he created Truth Social, because, of course, back in the pre-Musk days, he was banned from Twitter. So it made all the sense in the world for him to do it. But the fact is, Twitter has maintained its dominance in social media, and Truth Social has not yet. Now, it may not matter, but I think it does. But it's also a kind of tweak by Ron DeSantis and Elon Musk, because Twitter is it is a competitor of Truth Social's. 
Truth Social. Truth Social. So it is a competitor to Truth Social. So I think that's interesting. The other part that I think is just odd is Elon Musk not endorsing DeSantis. Um, is he the most famous man in America right now, Elon Musk? He might be. I mean, there's probably a few contenders, and I don't know how official these uh, designations really are, but who's more in, who's more famous in America than Elon Musk? We could name Donald Trump. We could name Joe Biden. Is there anyone in athletics who's any, anywhere near that famous? Is there? You're laughing. Once upon a time, it would have been Michael Jordan. I don't know that that's true anymore. Once upon a time, I was I remember I was in Union Station, uh, Washington, D.C., and he was sitting at—no, I was at Penn Station in New York, and he was sitting at the table next to me, and someone said, you're sitting next to the most famous man in the world. I said, really? You think Michael Jackson's? And by acclamation, there was no question at that point he was the most famous man in the world. Anyway, I don't mean to digress— my point is it takes a little bit of light off of DeSantis to be sharing a stage, even though it's virtual, with Elon Musk. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what, what that's like. It also is a lot different than a typical campaign announcement in that it's not on a real stage and not at a real rally. Does that have an implication? Will Donald Trump use that against him? Probably Probably, and it's and it and it's a fair charge. Why would you do it this way rather than a real? I mean, it, it's a theoretically fair. It's a, it's fair in politics. It's fair in politics. Um. So we'll see, we'll we'll see we'll see we'll see how many people tune into that, and of course, it'll all be captured. And Ron DeSantis will put out a speech. He has a lot of ground to make up for. I know people said he has time. He has time. He has time. But there's a lot of ground for him to catch up on here. I mean, when you are down to your by uh, by t- double digits, never mind twenty points, and in some cases as much as forty points against your opponent, you have a lot of ground to cover. And I know it's not a state by state analysis; it's a national. These are national surveys, but in some of those state surveys, it's still double digits. And it kind of gives you a sense, too, of where the party is generally as between those two. So he's got a lot of campaigning to do, a lot of campaigning to do. And it's going to be a bitter primary, which I lament and loathe. It's going to be a very bitter primary. Um, I, I Bitter primaries do not usually work out well for us. Famously in Arizona, probably the most bitter primary in the history of the United States Senate, or at least in the history of the 20th century of the United States Senate, took place here as between um, John Conlon and uh, Sam Steiger. And some and many people say it was so bitter that it yielded a Democrat named Dennis DeConcini to the Senate. Um, I think the gubernatorial primary was extremely bitter and yielded results none of us are happy about from 2022 either. Also, bitter primaries don't work out for us, um, which is another reason why some people are glad to see Tim Scott in the race. Some people are glad to see Larry Elder in the race. Some people are glad to see Vivek Ramaswamy in the race. Happy Warriors. And I think we're probably looking at what the race will be 
my guess is Mike Pence will get in, too. And my guess is it won't be a long-lasting candidacy. I don't hear a lot of people clamoring for Mike Pence. But the thing with Ron DeSantis is in his delay or wait or tarrying, it seems he's also lost some shine. You don't hear the buzz about Ron DeSantis in the positive that you used to. And part of it might very well be because Trump is doing so well also. Um, and things will change and things inevitably are going to flip a little bit. I mean, there are some court cases coming down the line and who knows what could happen. I continually remind at these stages in the races, large and leading frontrunners had names like Mike Huckabee and Rudy Giuliani and it just never really panned out. There's probably so much support and money from these states, though. Florida, Trump, DeSantis, that they're going to they're going to be in it probably for the long haul, probably. But then again, you know, they said that about Scott Walker, too. I just think the format of the way he's announcing it is unique. And um, and I, I don't know why he thinks it's beneficial to share the stage with Elon Musk unless it's a kind of a tweak towards Donald Trump in its own right, which it is. And again, is also fair. What do you guys think about all of this? Love to hear from you. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. How do you think the Biden administration is handling the economy, folks? Just run the list. Possible recession, stock market volatility, inflation that is clearly not transitory, uh, bank failures, why refi has an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return not tied to any of that it's not correlated to the fed it's not correlated to the stock market it's an investment where you can turn your monthly income on or off compound it whatever you like and there's no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time there are no fees in this secure collateralized portfolio offered up by why refi why refi is local i encourage you to stop by their offices on scottsdale road in the 101 i've been there and you won't get a sales pitch. They leave that up to me. No one's going to ask you to sign anything. When you meet with the team at Y-Refi, you'll see why I trust and like them so much, and you can too. I'm in touch with them a lot. Y-Refi is a due diligence-approved firm, and you can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return. That's right, a 10.25% fixed rate of return. Just log on to or check them out online at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-YREFI-34, 888-YREFI-34. We are here to process resentments, among other things, which is why I give the phone number out. You have a resentment that needs to be processed, go right ahead. And I have friends or acquaintances that will come up to me and sometimes call me late at night, <laughs> political question, and I'll say, you know, I do have office hours. <laughs> you can do it 3 to 6, Monday through Friday. One of the people who tries to process resentments with me outside of the three to six window is my dear producer, David Dahl. <laughs> and I say, you can participate in the office hours, too. You are a very smart person, and you are certainly entitled to talk to me on air. You have, in fact, a direct line and direct line of sight. And these little, shall we say, um, passive-aggressive salvos you throw at me by by playing Dean Martin's Mambo Italiano are not going to work. So 
do you, do you want to process something rather than throwing in Dean Martin's Mambo Italiano as your passive aggressive way to get back at me here? Well, as our listeners will know yes. or are going to find out, yes. we have a new promo running you and I. Okay, and, yes. Uh, the backing of that promo the, is yes. Mambo Italiano. The music one, bed under the promo is yes, Mambo yes, Italiano. By, okay. By one Rosemary Clooney. Yes, of and course. That was your choice. Yes, and it was. I was astonished to find out that uh, you don't like Dean Martin's version of that song. In fact, it occurred to me, why, why don't you have any Dean Martin bumper music? I love Dean Martin. All right, all right. Then you. Then you I are love forgiven. Dean Martin. Then you're forgiven. It's just her version is the original and it's better. And I didn't say that. The American people said that. She made it number one, I think. Certainly top so. five. Yeah, yeah. She made it top five on the hit list. He never rated his. But I loved it. I used to stay awake at night watching the Dean the Martin, Martin show. Variety show. Yes. Oh my gosh, that was well, such. I a could part even of my tell childhood. you his theme song. Which, if you want to. Put in our bumper. You want to you want to sing it? <laughs> no, but it's you're nobody till somebody loves you. Everybody loves somebody. Oh yeah, you're right. It was everybody loves somebody. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have to pick this up. On the other you side. will pick yeah, this yeah. up on the other side. Not against Dean Martin. It's just Rosemary owns that one. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.